Welcome back to Blue Sky Stinking from Guideline. We'll be discussing how to protect your intellectual property in a short while. Firstly, let's see why we need to talk about this tricky subject by visiting Sideline in Gimme Gimme Gimme. Zelda and Jacob stand and watch as the factory starts to output the first saleable products. Well, that's a sight for sore eyes. Oh, isn't it though? Took quite a bit to get into production. Really not sure why we didn't get another company to do the manufacturing. This is our product. Our production, our people, our ideas, our innovation and our profits. And my money. Our money? Remember, I've used nearly all of my savings. And the mortgage on your apartment? Well, in time, if needed, when you run out. Uh, Miss Zero. You can call me Zelda Brioch. Uh, there can be no prestige without mystery, for familiarity breeds contempt. Who said that? Charles de Gaulle. God, I love the French. Miss Zero, you have had this in today's actual mail. Haven't seen many before, but I think it's a letter. <laughs> Very funny. What is it? It appears to suggest that you are in violation of the Patents Act. What? Give that here. It's from Dribble and Froth. Aren't they your dad's legal troop? Hmm. What well, rings a bell. What, what are they saying? Uh, they say that it has been brought to our attention that you have commenced production of a product based on a registered patent without licence, agreement or consideration. What the hell? I knew it. <clears throat> when he said you'd nicked his product, I should have pinned him down then. Well, when was that? Oh, you know, that night he invited us over for a meal together. I knew it. What an idiot. But he's my dad. He's teaching you a lesson. He's my dad. He's been a businessman longer. My dad! Look, there's probably been a bit of a misunderstanding. Or this is just a really bad prank. Dad! I think you may be in shock. Uh, Brioc, could you take Miss Zero to her office and get her a drink? Keep an eye on her. I've got to take a stroll to Zero's. Jacob enters the offices of Zero's heroes. However, he is unable to walk straight up to Nero's office, instead having to present himself to a receptionist. Oh, uh, hello. I'd like to see Mr Zero, please. Uh, do you have an appointment? No, 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 I don't. Would he be free now? He usually doesn't book anything around Potmaster. I'll phone up and check. Uh, may I ask your name, please? <laughs> Jacob Oakstock. Hi, Lucy. Uh, is Mr Zero available to see a Mr Jacob Oakstock? Sure, I'll wait. Uh-huh. Yep. OK, I'll tell him. Mr Zero will see you at 10.45, if you could wait. Uh, can I get you a drink of some kind? No, thank you.
You may go up now, Mr Oakstock. Mr Zero's in his office, sir. I understand you know the way. Yes, 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 I do. Thank you. Nero, what is the intention of... Oh, hello. Yeah, morning, Jacob. Uh, this is Devon Dribble. She's my intellectual property lawyer. Yes, yes. We at Dribble and Froth work tirelessly to protect the patents of Zero's heroes, along with helping with trademarking, copyright law and the like. Uh, Devon, uh, this is Jacob Oakstock. He and Zelda Zero own Sideline. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We have just written to you about a breach we spotted. Breach? Yes, yes. We noted from your marketing material that you were using one of Mr Zero's patented designs and we sent you a letter to that effect. I noticed. You see, I've just got back from conference and Dribble and Froth have authority to act on my behalf to protect the assets of Zero's heroes. Yes, yes. Once we had found the evidence of a breach, we launched an investigation and sent you the letter. We also advised Zero Heroes to tighten their visitor security. You were aware that your daughter was repurposing the design, Nero? Uh, yes, I was. No, no. Did you establish terms for use of the patent between the two entities, Mr Zero? Uh, no, 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 we didn't. Yes, yes. Well, that is something that needs resolving immediately before these products hit the market. We will need to decide on compensation, consideration, possible royalties, attestations and acknowledgements. Yes, you're right, of course. Can't we just come to an informal agreement? I want to avoid any further delays in coming to market. Yes, yes, no doubt you will be delayed. I would always recommend a formalised agreement to protect my client. I would also hate to see a precedent being set between you, your two organisations. What would stop Sideline from starting production of one of Zero's Heroes' more successful lines without due consideration? Ah, true. OK, OK, OK. Look, can we just sit down now and get this underway? I cannot bear any further delays. So once again, Jacob ends up picking up the pieces from Sideline's ad hoc way of working. But intellectual property is something that many organisations don't fully appreciate or understand. So, to help throw some light on the topic, we have Jacob Cunningham, Associate Chartered Legal Executive from Bright Solicitors with us. Welcome to Blue Sky Thinking, Jacob. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to be here. And so, before we dive into the, the heady world of IP, it'd be great to get to know a little bit about yourself and about what Bright's do. Sure, yeah. So, uh, as you mentioned there, Mike, I'm an Associate Chartered Legal Executive um, and I work here at Bright and we specialise really in commercial law, so we're a commercial legal firm. Okay. Um, I myself work in the commercial team and I specialise in commercial terms, so all manner of sorts of contracts really. That okay. could be a range of, say, consumer contracts, so it could be something like a privacy policy or supply yep. of goods and services, or it can be something more business to business orientated, such as a services agreement, something more bespoke. We also deal with corporate bits, so uh, business sales, share purchases, asset purchases, and employment law as well. We have okay. a very good employment lawyer here. Um, and we also deal with matters of debt recovery and litigation, so uh, okay. specialising so, in lots of different sectors. So a real broad mix of legal services. Absolutely, for, yes. And, and yes. your typical customer, they small, medium, large enterprise, or...? 
Well, we do tend to see a lot of small businesses, uh, SMEs, um, predominantly. But um, particularly with the corporate matters, we do we do see large so firms. Yeah, but a lot uh, of experience of and stuff and small so. and startup as we've got with yes. with, with Sideline. So we've just heard from Zeldenir and Jacob in the midst of discussion around a patent. Um, before we dive into that, yeah. how would you describe IP to someone who is unfamiliar with the term? Okay, well, intellectual property, or IP if you like, is essentially the intangible asset of a business. And so what I mean by that is the opposite to the tangible asset. So you have kind of a premises, maybe vehicles and stock and things like that, yeah. which are physical objects. Physical things, they, yeah. That's your assets. But the intangible assets are things that you create or that you okay. invent or the look and feel of your products. And uh, that can be uh, protected in a number of ways. But essentially you have kind of four specific intellectual property rights that you can uh, you can look at the first of those is uh, and probably best Mike to take an example really so if we yeah, say yeah. okay uh, let's look at a car okay yep. so we have a car now you'd have the manufacturer's badge on the car so yeah might be a Ford or Bain yeah, or Rolls-Royce in my case but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be the logo and so that would be trademarked Okay. Yeah, so that would be one intellectual property right that would be protected on that product. Yeah. Um, so if you look deeper into the car, you look at the mechanics of the car, and they may have a very unique way of extracting gases from the exhaust or a particularly fuel-efficient way of, of, uh, of combustion. Yeah. And so that would then be protected by a patent patent. So okay. uh, that would be an invention that's new and innovative to that particular product, uh, sure. to that manufacturer. And that would be a patent, so that's another intellectual property right that would okay. exist in that product. But also, um, you know, if you're sat in your car, the look and the feel of the thing, how it looks, the design, well, yeah. that can also be protected. And that would be a design right. Sure. Um, and that's another aspect of intellectual mm. property. And then if you were to look further and look at the manual, for example, yep. well, that would have a written text in there and that would be subject to copyright law. So that couldn't be copied the text and no yeah. rights uh, in respect of that. Okay. And that's the four main kind of uh, areas. So I think I was really interested and struck by um, a, a word you said earlier on there, and I think you know, it helps me think of IP as, as something you've created. Yes. Because it's yeah. not always obvious whether something is a piece of intellectual property, but, but I like to think that if I've created it, then it could be. Yes. And then that starts my thinking about, yes. could this be, I've created something, mm -hmm. could it be IP? But yeah, that well, creation that's, point. And that's a very interesting point, Mike, because I think that uh, there was a shift where actually the, the person that commissioned the work would usually own the copyright to it. Yeah. Well, that's shifted now, and that mm -hmm. basically the ownership of copyright in works is, is on the creator. Yeah. So if you've created a piece of work, and that could be anything, that could be a piece of text, it could be an image, um, it could be a, a piece of artwork, it could be a yeah. piece of music. Yeah. Uh, a jingle, if you like. Yeah. Um, uh, and you would have a right in that piece of work from the outset. Yeah, yeah. So you don't need to register that. You, you have yeah. that right in that yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can further protect that, of course. Yeah. Um, but it is a right that already subsists. Well, I can, that, that kind of leads us nicely onto the next point, really, which is why, why is it important for organisations to protect things that they've created? Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a number of reasons why it might, but I think that probably primarily um, will be to prevent 
third parties or, or other businesses nicking your ideas, essentially. Okay. So you have a very good idea and, uh, and you know, you want to protect that to, 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 you know, to avoid somebody else saying, well, actually, this person's uh, reaping a massive economic benefit from that idea. Well, why don't we just sort of copy it? Mm. And, uh, and we can also uh, uh, capitalise on that idea. So really, it's uh, preventing third parties from using that idea and, uh, and you know, unjustly uh, benefiting from yeah. it. Um, I, I guess the um, is it perhaps fair to say that it's important to get the protection in place, um, and it is something you can use at a later date. Should somebody steal your ideas, stopping them stealing the ideas yes. is a well, I guess, yeah, a, no, 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 that's only one aspect. That, as I yeah, said, yeah. Like, you know, there's there's lots of areas that you need to think about there. So you've got obviously the prevention side of things, mm. but then you've got to consider also the added value that protecting that copyright yeah. and, and those ideas will give to your business. Yep. Essentially, I mean, from, from my perspective as a commercial lawyer, so, you know, I will be looking to, from a due diligence perspective, say I was buying a business, yeah. I'd be looking at the target business, I'd sure. be looking to, uh, at specifically whether they own the intellectual property rights and things like their website, their product, yeah, yeah. all of this stuff. And if they've got all that registered uh, and there's a document to prove that they are the owner mm. or, that they, or that they are the licensee of that, of that intellectual yeah. property, Right, then that's a big tick. So we know then yeah, yeah. that as a buyer, uh, we're protected. Once we yeah. take on that business, the goodwill of that business, that actually all those intellectual property rights. That's, that's a really good yeah. point. I think so it adds value. Yeah, it adds value that. in that respect yeah. and uh, yeah. and ex- exclusivity, if okay. you like. Yeah. So moving on from having protected, have you seen examples where? Um, IP has been damaged or lost or worse things? Uh, yes, no, uh, I think that's um, certainly in practice. Um, there's lots of examples, um, but um, here at Bright, I mean, we've had a couple of uh, instances, as I could I'll probably just briefly talk about, obviously, without naming, naming yeah, things. Yeah, but, yeah, um, sure, of course. Uh, we had a, uh, a, a cafe, let's just say, and um, effectively had, uh, had not really done any sort of intellectual property due diligence at all, uh, went ahead, came up with a name, branded everything, came up with all the napkins and everything else that they needed, um, and then they had the dreaded cease and desist letter to right. say that they were infringing somebody else's intellectual property rights. Unfortunately, the uh, the result of that is is a great cost to them, really, because they had to obviously withdraw everything, rebrand, mm. um, and you know, once you as a startup, where you, where a lot of you know a lot of the cost is in the startup, um, cost in terms of producing all of your branding and everything else, and that's a huge yeah, amount yeah, of money, yeah. and uh, yeah. to have to kind of withdraw all that and, and reprint everything was uh, you know very detrimental. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately, the business survived, uh, yeah. which is great news um, because you know. Obviously we don't want to see uh, business no, go down on this sort of stuff yeah. when it's a genuine kind of, well, you know, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's easily done, isn't it? I mean, we, it we, we've had customers who have, and this is probably a widespread problem, customers, they, they're looking for a document or a policy and then they cut and paste it from somewhere they found it uh, online. Yeah. And then they use that document or they put that notice or that statement yeah. on their yeah. own website yeah. and it is really easy to find out where somebody's copied your thing. <laughs> yeah. And then the next thing you know, you're getting the letter through the door from their solicitors saying you've infringed us in and some that's, way. 
very funny that you said that, Mike, because we've actually had a matter of that exact nature here, where yeah. actually we had drafted some terms and conditions for a business, and they, okay. and they had obviously published their terms, as you should yeah, be, yeah, really. yeah. Um, and uh, they'd been ripped off, copied, used by another business, clearly uh, completely plagiarised. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously the matter was brought to our attention, and we... Uh, we, we were on the other side of things and there, so we, we were sending the cease and desist, and, uh, and we were on the other and, side of enforcing it. And you could do that because the protection was in place? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, okay. Um, so, uh, we, we've kind of touched on some of these, but what do you think the main risks are that surround the various types of intellectual property? Well, it's an interesting question when you talk about risks because um, I think that, especially from a small business point of view, you know, obviously with a limited amount of funds available, um, but there, there are things that you can do to, to, to find out whether um, you have your own intellectual property rights and your, your ideas or whether you're infringing mm. anybody else's rights. Um, so you would undertake an IP audit, if you like. Okay. So you would kind of investigate, really. Um, Probably best to uh, instruct a sister, uh, obviously uh, an IP advisor, um, to do that for you to ensure that that's done what, properly. What are the basic things you would cover in so, that? So, so, uh, you know, as mentioned, so we have the four specific intellectual property rights. Well, three of them are regist uh, registrable. So, uh, so you have a trademark, you register a trademark, yep. register patents, and you can also register design rights. Well, you can search. Um, there are journals available that obviously uh, contain those registers, and you can search that on the Intellectual Property Office website. That's okay. .uk. Yep. That's all contained in there. Um, there's also some guidance published by the government uh, in terms of the Orphan Works Diligent Search Guidance, and you can have a look through there as well. So there are things that you can easily access that you okay. can do um, so and have a look and search so, to see. So companies can do a little bit of background reading, they can, yes. get a base level of understanding before they then come speak to some specialists. Yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll look at some of those links and try and include them in the, in the show notes for people to have a look at. Yeah, sure, yeah, uh, yeah that'd be useful. Good. Okay, um, moving on to, uh, or getting back to Sideline, mm -hmm. um, what do you think they should have done? Well. Actually, this is a little bit further along, I think, and uh, it's uh, useful because, A, we do actually have a registered patent here that uh, they've, uh, as, you, uh, as alluded to, have used or repurposed, if you like. Sure. Um, so what they should have done is obviously approach the original owner, registered owner of that patent, being mm. zero, I do believe, it was and, and, and entered into negotiations. So what you would be looking to do here are probably the most practical uh, way forward would be to license that pattern, okay. um, which would be a formal document which will set out the, the scope of, of that license. Mm. It would also set out remuneration. So I think that um, specifically with things like patents and intellectual property rights, really you want to look at a percentage of what revenue is then earned from, okay. that, from that, because obviously okay. you're using that right, producing products and then selling that. You know, if you sell X, you know, very few products then obviously then you know, the remuneration or, or license fee payable should be less so sure. really it should be a percentage of that yeah. amount or a royalty if you like okay. um, and that's probably the most sensible way forward okay. um, in terms of litigation I think it's probably notable that it should be said is that um, the courts will look to see that any claimant has uh, engaged in, in, in mediation before they will accept a claim Okay. so uh, that's very important and I think that there, there is an obligation really to resolve matters 
losers amicably. So zeroes uh, heroes yeah. should be having a conversation with sideline to say, yeah. you've infringed our patents. Yes. Let's have a conversation. So We're prepared to perhaps offer you a license agreement. Yeah. What might that look like? And that would be the usual route forward. Okay. Um, would certainly be to document a deal. So that you know, happy for you to use that, but you know you have the best yeah. of all. I mean, that's, that's very interesting. I think a lot of people won't know that you can use other people's patents and designs, mm. but there will be a, a consideration of that, and I guess that feeds into the uh, the sideline bottom line. You know, they need to, if they're going to use zero series patents, they need yeah. to consider that there will be a reduction in you know, what they will earn yes. for the privilege of using that. that of course, patent. yeah, and that'll be an additional cost there. Right. Um, I guess we, we've we've mentioned patents quite a lot, and they're mm. they're often misunderstood. I wonder, can you talk a bit about what can be patented and what can't yeah. be patented? Well, well, patents are actually a very complex area because um, they are usually very technical and very mm. complex. Because obviously, it's got to be a new and innovative way of, uh, of achieving something, uh, an invention, literally. Sure. There are exceptions to that, so where something is actually a discovery, so something that already exists but you've discovered it sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, schemas and mathematical methods and things okay. like that are excluded. Um, but generally the rule is it has to be new, there has to be an inventive step, and it has to be capable of industrial application. And that's the three main rules. Okay. Okay, so okay. the long and short of that is it has to be new, innovative, and the case law suggests that it shouldn't be in the public domain. So it shouldn't be known to the public. So it should be something that's within your... Okay, your that's, that's a really useful three steps. We'll make yeah. sure we'll, we'll definitely include those steps in the... In, sure. in the case notes. Well, well, that's, I mean, that's in the Patents Act. I mean, that's the definition yeah, yeah. of a patent, you know, so uh, that will be the first point of call mm. for, for the, uh, uh, you know, in terms of registration, will be to look at those three arms, that test, mm. to see whether mm. um, it constitutes a patent or not. I mean, in, in our own bringing it back to, to guideline for a moment, sure. um, we've um, done a little work in the, in the patent space, and I think there are some kind of more nuanced considerations in the software space. And I think lots yes. of people want to get into software and develop mm. and design mm. software. Mm. And uh, it might be an unfair question to put you on the spot, but those yeah. things, you know, those bits of software that you can paint and those you can't, yes. you, may, you may be reusing elements of other bits yeah, of code yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and interface. And then the way the software interacts with the hardware. Have you got a, a view on, on, yeah. on that? Well, I, I mean, and, and bringing it back to the basics, the legislation actually specifically excludes software. Mm. So, um, well, it doesn't say software as such, but um, I think, I can't remember the exact wording, but programming of a machine or something. Sure, sure. But um, effectively software. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it is actually specifically excluded. And I think that's a little bit of a misconception where, uh, mm. with patents. So, but um, it doesn't mean that software can't enable the invention. No. So uh, whether that forms part and parcel so of what the invention the, is, that, the that's software fine. is yeah. part of something. Yeah, else, part, part of part of the new thing that's innovative, that's inventing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and that's a key part mm. of it. So it's not the software in itself. Um, it has to. It has to satisfy those th those three yeah, tests yeah. and not be excluded or yeah, deemed yeah. to be. No, excluded. I think that's yeah. a, a helpful clarification. Yeah. Um, so. If, if, if you, Jacob, were acting for sideline in this, um, there'd be some confusion. We'd have two Jacobs, but um, yes. <laughs> ignoring that for the time being. Um, yeah, yeah. If you were acting for sideline, yeah. what would be your advice on what Zelda and Jacob need to do next, their next steps? 
Okay, well, I think that, first of all, I'd be uh, wanting to just take a look at what the cease and desist letter, which is what the letter that's been sent mm. to them, what the contents of that says, because there may be an intention in there from uh, zero to enter into a licensing agreement, um, or alternatively, perhaps even assign the intellectual mm. property rights. And what I mean by that is that they would then become the owner of yeah. those rights okay. rather than just being a licensee of. Mm. Um, and I think that that's probably the gold standard because if you're going to produce a product and you have so, you know substantial investment in that product, then you know a license can effectively be taken away. And if that is the case, then you're exposed a little bit there. Sure, so sure. really, yeah, we yeah. prefer an assignment here. Yeah. Um, but you know, next tier it's, down. Especially, license, especially if the other organisation isn't using it. No, yes, yeah. absolutely, yes. Um, you know, so, uh, so that would be the first port of course to get some sort of agreement in place. Um, and also I'd be looking at in that agreement to make sure that um, there were some indemnities in respect of that as well, um, you know, in case that, that, that person, uh, well, any intellectual property right, ends up infringing others. Right sure, as well, sure. because that, that can be a, a, a case, yeah. um, and that's certainly something that we would like to cover contractually, um, okay. and you know perhaps even looking at the insurance side of things mm. as well to mm. minimise any risk there. Okay, um, so and final kind of thought and question we ask all our guests this is um, back to the, the kind of the bigger picture on intellectual yeah. property. Um, what would be your top tips? For an organisation who hasn't done anything around intellectual property, what would you do? Well, my first port of call would be to do an IP audit. Okay. Have a look yep. at what you have. What have you created? And make a little note of the things that you've come up with. So it will be the business name will be obviously the first, because that's the first thing everybody thinks yep. of, their business name. I'll be looking to check whether there's a registered trademark that might infringe. But what you'd need to make sure is, is that that trademark is within the sector that you're trading in. Yep. Because you can have more than one trademark with the same name. But polo it depends cars, on polo mints, polo shirts. Absolutely, that, yes, yeah. of course. But it all depends on what sector and what area yeah. of business they're in. Okay, mm. so so that's a consideration there. So undergo that that audit. Um, I'd certainly uh, review um, the intellectual property office guidance. Um, have a look at um, the journals that are available that hold all the mm. registered patents, sure. uh, registered trademarks. Um, uh, have a look at that, um, and. Go and take some advice from okay. a professional. But I think, uh, and something that's probably more relevant now than it, than it has been, because you do tend to see that um, there are sort of little plugs in the market where people sort of come in and... Uh, a good example of this are things like website builders like Wix and so on and so forth. Sure. And they provide software facilities that allow you to create your own logo. Yeah. Well, actually, these are quite good things because they kind of undertake all of that due diligence stuff mm. Mm. and uh, make sure that everything's licensed properly. Okay. So that's something that you can rely on contractually. Yeah. All right? So if you, you, you subscribe to something, a professional outfit like that, yeah. um, and, and you know, have all your design, use all the images that are provided to mm. you through that platform, yeah. then actually what you're ensuring is that you can rely on their okay. terms I guess and the license that they're that's, giving that's you. a really yeah. useful thing I mean if you're using Wix or so don't Google stuff and just take things from Google you know because yeah, that, that's yeah. probably a, you know something not to do but I think in terms yeah. of uh, a tip for those looking to get some design works created yes. is to make sure that as part of that they're possibly 
checking and there's a helping you place. to make sure that yeah, yeah. you're not infringing anybody else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. And yes. just you know, use professionals wherever you can. Yeah. I, I, yeah there's I, a reason why they're professionals. Absolutely. You know? I think yeah, we. Yeah. I think we come back to this. We've had, you know, the points. Do an IP audit. Absolutely. Design, you know, know what you created. Mm. Do some baseline reading yourself. But then, there are a lot of nuances on picking up. Just the, we we could continue this conversation for a very long time around we, yeah, no, any number could. of it's, um, it's different areas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so get that advice. Um, but. That's been great, Jacob. Thanks really for your time and for Bright's for um, hosting our conversation. Um, this is a subject that should get people pondering whether or not they've done enough to protect one of their key uh, parts of their organisation. Um, we'll put some of those useful links we discussed on the show page. Um, and, you know, your feedback, suggestions, questions from anybody would be great. As always, like, share, follow. Send it to all your friends and family. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, so in the next episode the sideline logo which is intellectual property of course um, is found to have its own super unique issue join us and our branding expert in the next episode super trooper